1: We know what we think. What do you think? Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports.
2: Visit Superbook.com.
1: got kind of back on the fan. While you were sleeping, we started the show talking about the Yankees and their inept offense scoring just one little run against the Oakland A's, the worst team in baseball. Yanks dropped the opener of this three-game series, but I'm not going to get worked up over it. It's frustrating, sure, especially losing to that team. You know, if it were just a loss to anybody else, you'd be like, all right, big deal. They lose a the game, move on, see if you can go still take two out of three, but the fact that it's to the A's, it's really unacceptable to be losing to a, a game to them, regardless of the circumstance. And you know, for the Yankees, too many culprits. Guys just not getting the job done with runners in scoring position. That was the case all night long. And John Carl Stanton was a you know, big factor in that, especially late. He had an opportunity to get the job done. He did not. Stanton, you know, was zero for two with runners in scoring position on the night. Yankees left eight guys on zero for five overall. So. You know, it's it was not a pretty night for the offense, but in general, the Yankees need to get Rizzo, Stanton, those guys contributing because Billy McKinney can't do it every night, and it's just not realistic. But here's the thing: you look at the Yankees and say, "Wow, they look awful right now." The lineup, you know, Lemayus hitting two twenty-seven, Stanton can't buy one, Rizzo is not hitting with any power, Bowers and Donaldson and McKinney. But then you realize, you look up and say, well, they just how they just beat Texas two out of three? One of the best teams in the American League. They won 4-6. How are they still seven games over 500? Even when they're bad, they're good. And I'm not scared if I'm the Yankees, if anybody else in the American League. It's all right there in front of them. Obviously, they need Aaron Judge to come back at some point, whenever that may be. But the Yankees are going to be fine. So I can't get worked up over it because I know they're going to go out there and win the next two and take two of three from the A's, and then maybe sweep the Cardinals or take two of three minimum from them. As for the Mets, it was a refreshing night out at Citi Field where David Peterson, I'm shocked, David Peterson goes six scoreless innings. Never thought I'd say that again or ever, period. Six scoreless innings for David Peterson. He looked really good in doing so as well. And boy, did the Mets need it. He needed it. The Mets needed it. Bullpen did their job as well for the most part, but it was the offense with Brandon Nimmo with a couple of homers, Lindor with a home run. Daniel Vogelback is actually starting to produce. He hit a home run. So, you know, the Mets offense giving their fans something to cheer about out at Citi Field. David Peterson doing his job. This after Billy Epler met the media. And, you know, everything's getting... Um, if, if not getting testy, they're getting a little feisty with Buck in the media. Epler, you know, addressing the media and answering all the questions they have to ask. And now, Steve Cohen, you're going to get it straight from him later on today, whatever that is. Steve Cohen is going to meet the media. So we await. As the Mets get a win, we await to hear what the owner has to say about this season gone wrong. And that has been the Main theme so far throughout the course of this Wednesday morning, 877 337 6666. Your calls the rest of the way. Scott is calling from Malone. Scott?
3: Sal, congratulations on your move, but I just want to say I appreciate uh, you getting me through a lot of midnights, man.
1: Thank you, Scott. I appreciate you.
3: Yeah, I've never called, but let me just uh, touch on one thing real quick. I know Steve cannot say this, but what if he gets on TV? What if he just said, look, guys, we've got Max off the books. We've got Verlander off the books. We've got um, Cookie off the books. Another couple of years. You've got Marte off the books in a couple of years. You've got Canna off the books in a couple of years. You've got Fam gone, and you've got Navarez. That's $150 million over the next two years or so. So what if Steve gets on there and says, look, we rolled the dice. We gave you some veterans. Let's face it, Max and Verlander are going to sell some t shirts. Let's invest it into our kids.
1: What do you think? Well, I mean, literally,
3: we've got $150 million of these bad contracts in the couple well, of years. Then they're gonna, gonna no, they're
1: not bad. Ken is going to be off the books this year. Verlander, Scherzer. Yeah. Scherzer's got one more because he's going to pick up his options, so he'll be here next year. Verlander, same thing. And it's not like the Mets are going to do much better than those guys anyway, right now, as they try to rebuild this thing. From the ground up. So I'm not sure. So what is your solution there again? I missed the end of that.
3: I just don't think we're in a bad spot in a couple years. We've got a big payroll, but in a couple years we're going to lose a lot of it. And um, we're not getting rid of our kids.
1: Well, Yeah, but payroll, no, they're not going to get rid of the kids. They're going to take on more money potentially to get better players in here, taking on a bad contract, eat the contract just to get a prospect or better players. I mean, that's how the Mets are going to try to figure their way out of this thing. But they're not in bad shape, Scott, not even close to it. This year has been an awful year, but as long as Steve yeah. Cohen is on the team, they're going to be in a position to win every year. Now, they got to actually get the job done and get the right players in, but it's not like the Mets are going to fold. It's not like the Mets missed their window. Their window is limitless with Steve Cohen there.
3: Absolutely. I just think we're getting a little too crazy, a little too impatient, and – um like I said, a couple years, we, we kind of do a reset. And, and now Steve knows that we can invest this money into our veterans and we go a little bit younger.
1: Right. Well, you don't need, and thank you for the call, Scott, and I appreciate the kind words. You don't need a reset when you have the richest owner in the sport. So it's not all oh, wait a couple years until the money comes off the books. The money on the books doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Steve Cohen's going to take on more of it to get better players in here. So it has nothing to do with the money. And that's a great thing why people are losing patience and why people are getting frustrated is because it's the same crap with this franchise year after year after year. Last week I referenced it, you know, in, and I've said this throughout the course of the year and I'll unfortunately continue to say it because it's a big thing, only twice in the franchise history have they made the postseason in consecutive years. I mean, it's it's unacceptable. I can't even believe it's true. It's unacceptable. 99 in 2000, and again in 2015 and 2016. That's it. This was supposed to be the beginning of changing the previous ineptitude of the franchise's history. Last year, they won 101 games. The postseason's expanded. They get the highest payroll in baseball. How could you not make the playoffs? Well, they're showing you. And you could say that, all right, maybe expected the Mets to stub their toe or slip up, and and, and look, there's a big difference of going on a World Series run and just making the playoffs in back-to-back years. That should not be that difficult for a team like the Mets with their payroll. That should not be that difficult. And yet, they can't even give you three, four years of consecutive postseason appearances. They give you one, one year, and they don't make it the next year. In all likelihood, still TBD, but you get the point. How's that possible? That's why fans are losing patience. This was supposed, just like 2006 all the Mets are taking over the town. This is going to be the Mets' town now taking it over, just like they did in 86. And no, they have the seven game lead with 17 to play in 07. One of the more, uh, you know, most epic collapse in sports takes place. Then they follow that up with closing out Shea Stadium by getting eliminated on the final day of the regular season and then throwing a party. So the 6 window was shut. That was the beginning. We know about Beltron, Game 7. Oh, but they'll be back. They blow that lead. They never recover. Then again, 2015, oh, here come the Mets, Young Arms, Syndergaard's only going to get better, Harvey Day. They all get hurt in 2016. They barely make the playoffs, and that was that. Last year, here we go, beginning of a new run, 101 wins, highest payroll in baseball. What could possibly go wrong 16 games back of Atlanta, and we're not out of June yet.
2: Bob is calling from Bayside. What's up, Bob? Sal, before I get to my main point, Marco's absolutely right. Steinbrenner is a mean-spirited, vindictive man, impetuous, impetuous, he hired and fired Billy Martin five times. He fired Yogi, uh, a Yankee hero, mm. after nine games. And Yogi took them to the World Series the year before. And they got off to a seven, uh, seven losses in nine games. And Steinbrenner fires him after nine games. The guy is a joke.
1: Yeah, but do you remember his, I think calling him a joke is a little strong. Do you remember his missives with Mike and the Mad Dog? Yeah, all right.
2: Well, right, right. oh, do you remember my... it or no?
1: I mean, if you either do or you don't.
2: I remember. Yeah, I remember.
4: Know,
1: it was the greatest thing when Mike used all to go on and say, We have, dog, dog, we have a missive. They play the music. Mike reads the statement. Oh, it was great entertainment. That's all, all I right. want. I want to be entertained. All right. Well, Steinbrenner,
2: all right. I, were I, you not entertained? Uh, by the way, don't were you talk not of, entertained? Yeah, well, all right. He's okay. an, he was entertained. But, but uh, he, he's yeah. a mean-spirited, vindictive man. He was a terrible man, mm-hmm. not a nice man. Uh, anyway. Uh, by the way, as far as money is concerned, Gene Autry, who was a billionaire, spent millions to try to get the angels into the world. So never made it. Peter Angelo spent zillions in Baltimore, never made the world. So How about uh, now trillions? Steve, now Steve Cohen. Listen, money isn't everything. Believe agree. me. Agreed. So. No, I agree. But it does help. All right. Well, let me get to my... I, I want your opinion on something. I was watching baseball before you were born. I've never seen anything like... The low batting averages that I've seen the last couple of years. Now, how, Guys uh, think, uh, What God, years so, are you watching baseball so, again? How do you explain this, Bob? What do you say?
1: How, how long have you been watching baseball? What years did you start? I started. I saw
2: Mickey Mantle's uh, yeah, okay, uh, rookie year, so nineteen fifty-one.
1: Yeah, okay. i right. just checking.
2: Before, it. way before you were born.
1: Yeah, uh, right. Way before.
2: All right. I've you. never seen anything like the low batting averages. Supposedly good players are hitting .220, uh, I mean, wh- wh- where are the days that, that Tony Gwynn and Wade Bobs would hit thirty three thirty five every year? Yeah,
1: the 80s or 90s. Yeah. I,
2: I mean, uh, Aaron Judge lost to a guy by a few points. Aaron Judge hit three fifteen. Uh, I mean, you win a batting title hitting three i I've never seen anything. Oh, but you know you that. It, batting averages? So? I,
1: I don't think that there's an emphasis on it anymore. Players don't care about batting average because they're told not to care about it to a point with the launch angles or hard hit rate and exit velo. They're not trying to get base hits. They're trying to inflict damage on the baseball.
2: You I mean, know, it's out. People talk about Volpe. And, Volpe's hitting 195.
1: No, he's over I mean, there. He's over 200. He had three hits last night. I didn't. Uh,
2: it was hitting 195. Oh, wait. Do you yeah. didn't watch the game? I didn't see the game tonight. Wow. I, I, what I happened? Do, I had to do something. Well, what did no, you, so, what, you have to do what, at 10 o'clock at night? He was hitting, uh, hitting uh, oh, 195. Hold on
1: a second. Did, did you have to sleep? I mean, were you on a date? <laughs> what were you doing here at 10 o'clock at night that you couldn't watch your beloved Yankees that you've been watching since 1951? You're not going to believe what happened to me. I want to hear it. Let's hear it. I fell out. I fell asleep. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's right. Hey, it happens. <laughs> Take accountability.
2: Admit it. That's no. fine. One last statement. Hey, by Sal. the way,
1: you didn't miss much. The Yankees offense put you right to sleep too. <laughs> one
2: one last statement, Sal. All your callers, yeah. who want to follow you into the into the daytime. Mm-hmm. I got very bad news. That time slot is a perpetual nonstop busy signal. No one's going to ever get through. I I've tried thirty times. I got through once in, in that time slot.
1: Well, I mean, it never
2: stops uh, being busy.
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot of people trying to call, I guess, yeah. but you got to be yeah. persistent. Hey,
2: hey, look, as long as you listen, I mean, you know, you, right. you,
1: and that's, that's the most important well, thing. Well,
2: unless right? you're going to have a private number for your top three or four calls. <laughs> no one's going to get through, sir.
1: Well, I mean, that's why you got to get them in the next couple of nights here, and thank you for the call, Bob. I'll be here later on tonight, or I guess tomorrow morning, technically, following the Yankee game, and then back on Friday for the finale. And remember, there are, you know, we take fewer calls as well when you're doing a show with somebody else. And it's also, you know, sometimes I'm on here five hours. Like Friday, I get a five-hour show. The show's going to be shorter during the midday. But the number's still the same. The number still works. Somebody gets through. Be determined. I remember when I used to call Mike and Chris. I'm trying to think if I called the midday show back then. I might have. Was it Mac and Sid, maybe? Maybe it was Sid and, excuse me, maybe it was Jody and Susan. I forget which midday show I would I would call. I don't think it was Steve and Russ. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, when I used to call Mike and, and Chris, and I used to get through quite a bit, I mean, I spent hours dialing that phone, trying to get through. I needed to have my voice heard. Where there's a will, there's a way. Determination. Steve is calling from Long Island. What's up, Steve?
5: Hey, Sal. I'm uh, very thrilled for you. I haven't spoken to you in a long time. Thank That's you, something. Steve. I wanted to call and wish you well. And uh, when I uh, first called you uh, and I said to you that I've been listening to talk radio and to uh, sports radio for more than 50 years and said that you're going to be a superstar, that you're going to be at the top of the uh, FAN lineup, you were in a nasty mood, and you said to me, "What makes me so good? What do you think I'm this? What do you think I'm that?" And you were saying it rhetorically. You were just in a bad mood. But I I, I know we're radio <laughs> talents when I hear it.
1: Doesn't sound and, like
5: me. Yeah, well, yeah, it
1: was you? You were nasty. <laughs> well, maybe. and Well, first of all, I apologize for being nasty, especially when you're trying to compliment me, Steve. Maybe I just wanted to hear legit reasons. Maybe I just thought you were, you know, blowing smoke. Oh yeah, you're going to be this and that. I wanted to hear it. What makes me so great? Tell me, Steve. Tell me. No, but anyway, thank you for the support. I appreciate it.
5: Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to miss you also. I don't listen uh, except for late night. I don't listen during the day, and uh, I'm working, and uh, I'm not going to be able to, uh, for the most part, listen. So I'm going to miss you. But, you know, I used to listen to J.J., and I thought that uh, life was going to end. I liked listening to J.J. very much, and after he announced his uh, departure, mm. I said it's over, and then you came upon uh, the scene, and you've been very good. And I've never heard this uh, fellow who's replacing you. But Chris uh, McMonagall,
1: C-Mac, he'll be fine. Yeah. You're you're in good hands with C-Mac.
5: I, I was hoping that would be uh, Chris press. I think he's very, very good. Mm. I remember is quite good. I would have liked to have seen him, and Emmanuel also I think is quite good. I would have liked to have seen him, but I'm sure the bosses over at f a n have their reason or reasons for why they uh, have gone uh, in the route or direction that they've gone in, and uh, I eventually expect to hear you on drive time. I think you're going to be ultimately in the morning uh, with uh, you know, Booba, replacing Booba, whatever's going to be, you know, down the road. There oh, or...
1: Well, let's not go. I mean, uh, look, can I enjoy the middays uh, for a little bit, please? You, so you I...
5: can, right. Right. Yeah. But... Prime time and uh, radio, as you know, is... Uh, now look, Steve, the way...
1: the First of all, I appreciate the kind words. The way I look at it is this, and thank you for the call. These spots are so hard to get, it, even the overnight. You know, I always say this. I feel like when I'm on, it's prime time. If I don't treat it like that, that I'm doing myself a disservice and you, the listener, a disservice. So I don't care what the hours are. To have a regular show on the fan is very, very difficult to attain. So... You know, it's not the. To me, it was not. Oh well, it's the overnight. It's the the physical demand and mental toll that doing the overnight schedule takes on you that makes it challenging. It's not that it's a less than shift. I understand that less people are listening, but it's WFAM. We're talking sports. There are only how many spots? Mornings, midday, afternoon, evenings, overnight. Five spots. That's it. So to have a spot in the lineup is. All I could have ever dreamt of. Obviously, to move up to a day part is even more than that. And look, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I told the bosses this. When I was told I was getting moved up to midday and not the afternoons, I was a little disappointed initially. But that went away quickly. When I realized I am done with the overnights. I do genuinely love the callers and the audience on the overnights. It's just, like I said, it's demanding. But anyway, it doesn't matter what time you're on. You're on the fan, and you're talking sports. It doesn't get better than that for me.
4: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business?
0: If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: as we wait to see what he's going to say, I can't imagine it's going to be. And this is going to there's going to be a little bit of a letdown here because there's a lot of anticipation about what he's going to say. People thinking, you know, one thing, but the reality is it's not going to be anything other. It can't be anything bad. He's going to, maybe gives the vote of confidence. Look, Buck is our guy. We're not making any changes the rest of the year. This is it. And maybe you get a little bit of info on whether he would be sellers or not at the trade deadline. But outside of that, I can't imagine what he's, you know, uh, what, why even the need to meet the media and do it in the way that he said he's going to do it. Um, but either way, yeah, we'll we'll be interested in it. And the Yankees back in action tonight in Oakland, looking to get on the board in that series against the A's. Somehow the Yankees lose a game to an Oakland team that had won 20 games on the year prior. Twenty, no, they are now 21. And sixty, and it's going to be a big start for Domingo Herman coming off of getting tattooed in his last start. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Armando was in Queens. What's up, Armando? What's going on? Seth? Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you. It's
5: good. It's, it's, yeah.
6: it's great to see you. I, I like how you're going with BT. Thank you. It's, I'm going to miss you on the late nights. I'm not going to get into that, but. Sal, how do you feel about what, what do you think what do you think um your owner's gonna say
1: tomorrow? Well, um, I mean, I, it was just talking about Armando. I'm not I'm not really sure. And honestly, I don't even like. I don't need to hear anything from him. Everybody's like, oh, what do you want to hear from what Steve? Do you, Go- I, mean, what
6: do you mean by that, by it? Sal, because because, because you, I mean because you're I, I like how I like I'm a Yankee fan, but I like how you're so realistic. But Sal, Sal something has to change, Sal.
1: No, I know, but he's not going to fire anybody, and nor do I think that he should. I agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, not I Buck. Agree. Anyway, you want to tell me they're going to fire the pitching coach Buck or something? I'll, I'd be okay with that. I, Buck, you you can't fire Buck
2: Showalter.
6: I can't, I can't, you can't fire Buck. Is, Buck is respectable. In this, in this, Buck, you can Buck, you can't, you can't fire Buck. So, 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 you what
1: is, what is he going to say? Well, that's what I mean. He's not, so he's not going to make any changes, right, Armando? So, what is he going to say? He's upset. He's frustrated. He can't believe this. Exactly. They're going to do everything yeah. they can to get it turned around. Yeah. I'm not making any changes in So, like, it's the same. Yeah. He's not going to say. Anything. I know that Steve Cohen cares just as much as anybody else about this ball club. Right. I understand right. he's yeah. wearing this, so this is not right. easy for him. Right. So do I need to hear No, I don't. There are not questions, dire you know, questions I mean, so, that I need wait, answered. I mean,
6: so, don't I need don't, I don't to call you off, but so, you, you, didn't the, you didn't want to hear from him, from, from, the, from the office?
1: Well, I mean, Epler answered some stuff yesterday, and, and I understand that. Right. There, there's no, you know, right now, there are no pressing questions. The team stinks. There's no real way out of it. Like, what are you supposed to ask? So, let's say that they get closer to the deadline. The big question is going to be, are you going to be buyers? Are you going to be sellers? Let's say after the deadline, then I would have questions depending on what happened. Hey, why didn't you trade this guy? Or why did you do this? Like, right now, I don't feel any... Like, the team is so bad. What what questions do you want answered? What do you want to hear about? How Ronnie Mauricio is developing? Does he like the way the buck handles the bullpen? I mean... We, unless firings or unless changes are going to happen, I don't think we need to hear anything from them. I'm not saying I don't want to hear it. I just, what is there to hear?
6: Sal, this, this, something has to happen.
1: Like what? Like what? What do you,
6: Sal, this team is embarrassing. I understand.
1: No, no, I get that. I heard you say that. But what, what could happen? What do you want to happen? Something.
6: I mean, i like Evan said. Like name Evan something, said,
1: Evan Roberts. Something yeah, I know, I've happen. heard of him. Something has to happen, Sal. Well, like what? Are you insinuating somebody getting fired? I don't want to fire. I don't want fi- to fire Buck, but this seems embarrassing. embarrassed. Sal, you're
6: a fan. You're, you're a mess fan. I, I, was, I love your. Cause you're realistic. You're realistic. No, you're,
1: I know. I, I appreciate the Armando, but we're not getting anywhere here. And thank you for the call. I appreciate you checking in. I appreciate the kind words. You keep saying something has to happen. I keep asking you what, and you keep saying something has to happen, and I keep asking you what, and you don't have an answer. What is it? You said you don't want to fire Buck. I agree. So what is it? Well, you want to fire some coaches? That's going to be the big change. What's that going to do? You can't, unfortunately, get rid of Verlander and Scherzer, Or somehow snap your fingers and make them perform to the level you expected them to perform at. That's the problem. You can't revamp an entire bullpen right now, especially, but you really can't even do that at the trade deadline. So what's got to change? Nothing needs to happen because it's already over. It's already a lost cause. They've got one shot. One shot. What is it, five weeks of the trade deadline? Go on a run, a two-week run, and then you could start to have some hope about maybe them building a bullpen And adding the necessary pieces of the deadline to make a last ditch effort to sneak into the wild card. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, but they've got one shot to do that. The problem is, every time you get excited or hopeful about a win, they get even worse afterward. Like, how do you recover from that loss on Sunday? It's unacceptable. Too much damage has been done here. Something needs to be done. What can you possibly do? There is nothing to be done. They have to go out there and start winning. Then maybe you could do something ahead of the deadline. Don is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Don?
7: Hey, Sal. Uh, First off, um, I'm I'm ready to become a listener at 10 a.m.
1: Thank you, Don. Um, I appreciate that. uh, I I
7: told you last week that I'm going to start drinking coffee at 10. (laughs) Uh, Appreciate it. I'll wake up to drink. I'll I'll listen to C-Mac for a bit and uh, go drink coffee at 10 o'clock. This season was over when we lost the most important pitcher on the staff, the guy who pitched in 60, 70, 80 games a year. When Diaz went down, Uh that that was, you know, that was that was really over, and you know, when Mariano wasn't, when Mariano when there was no Mariano, there was no Yankees, no Yankee winning. Um, the only thing I can conceive of what uh, Steve will say uh, to, uh, today would be something similar to uh, Mike and Mad Dog used to have George Young, the general manager mm-hmm. of the Football Giants, on. And one day they were beating up poor George, as only they could do because of they didn't win the Super Bowl that year or whatever it was. And so George Young just said to them, "I hire the intelligent people, and we to make the intelligent decisions. And when the intelligent people don't make enough intelligent decisions, I get new intelligent people. And it's really the crux of it." it's not Cone's Cohn's job is to hire intelligent people and let those people make intelligent decisions. When he doesn't have the right people, he brings on new people.
1: Right. And we'll find out eventually if Billy Epler is the right guy or not. I don't think you can make a Correct. fair assessment Correct. after one season that was successful and one three month season or half a season here.
7: There are, there are, I think that the Mets, in my mind, have three trade ships. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about small trade. I'm talking about three trade ships. Marte's got two more years left on his contract. He's tradable. Uh, uh, Jeff has got, I think, three or four or five years left on his contract. Really? He's tradable.
1: McNeil. Oh, McNeil, yeah.
7: And the other trade ship, if they believe it, is one of their catches. I'm not talking about... I'm, I'm talking about uh, uh, Francisco or the kid in the minors.
1: Parada. Yeah, is Parada... If, if they uh, look, I, that, I uh, would trade Marte in a second. I would consider moving Jeff McNeil, uh, and I don't know how tradable he is right now off the down year and, and the contract, but I would... And they're not going to trade him, but Marte for sure... And it depends, Don, and thank you for the call. I'm not trading one of the young catchers. Not now. It doesn't make... Right now, the Mets, it makes no sense to give up any prospects. You hold on to those guys, especially Alvarez. I mean, come on. He's going to be a mainstay in this lineup, they hope. But with Parada, maybe next year you need to part with a prospect for a final piece or something. You just don't know. But this season, there's no way I would do that. I'd be in seller mode and look to break up, you know, Starling Marte or get rid of Starling Marte and potentially McNeil, you know, if there's others, whether it's Tommy Pham or, I mean, you're talking about, you know, bit pieces, but whatever you think, out I'd be looking to move. Whatever you think you could get back something of value for, I'm all for it. I'm not looking to dump Verlander and, and pay $40 million in the process to let him go. That, to me, would be stupid. You might as well just ride it out with him. Unless some team is willing to take on the contract of either Verlander or Scherzer, and, and you know, or, or at least take part of the contract and give top prospects back, I'm not making those moves. And I don't think that that's going to be the case. Marte is an interesting one. I mean, the, look, obviously changes need to be made with the team, not with. Buck Showalter or Billy Epler. Speak your mind at 877 337 6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Sal back on the fan. Warm up show with Alan Jerry coming up in a matter of minutes. Finish up here with your calls, whatever's on your mind on this Wednesday morning. Really, just been Mets or Yankees. Ben, though, in Princeton wants to talk about something else. Ben, what is that something else?
6: (laughs) What's good, Sal? How are you, Ben? Congrats, man. Congrats on your, I guess, your your promotion, man. But Like I was telling you, screen caller. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know the vital role of this this overnight hour. I know I want to get to my next point, but I was just saying about this overnight hour from Steve Summers to Joe Beningo, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've been following this show overnight, and it's stationed for decades. And um, y'all play an important role because, you know, from a real fan's perspective, y'all come in right after the games are over for our teams in this different sports, whether it's a game or a series, and we get to vent compared to the other shows. I know I know the other shows, they kind of have a similar format, but they're, they're more personality-driven, in my personal opinion, that I think as compared to here, you get the real fan's perspective on the overnight you get the callers, you get more detail and depth as to what took place in the game. Well, I mean, this show,
1: city. yeah, this show is caller-driven. There's no question about it. There's no other way to do it. It is caller-driven, and it is reactionary to that night's game. So it it is different. Now, the next day you react, but not the same way you do right after the game. So no doubt. And look, I grew up, and uh- the first call I ever made was the Joe Beningo on the overnight in 1995. So I grew up listening to it as well. Uh, and understand the importance of it, and that is not lost on me. It wasn't when I took the job or got offered the job, and it wasn't when I did it. So, it, it, like I said, any real estate on WFAN to me is, is special.
6: No doubt, no doubt. But listen, I'm going to tell you this: Real Talk did a great job, man. I see, I see your progression throughout the years from um, from when you were working on Francesco's show. So, did a great job. I'm going to miss you. I'm not going to be able to catch you, really. Too much again during those hours because I'm going into work now and it's hard for me to like listen to the show. Understood. Um, at that time, but you know what? Did a great job, man. Good luck in well, thank success. you man. I,
1: wanna, I appreciate. It. I want
6: to. I want to get to the next, and hopefully we're going to see a championship soon. But what's this talk? You know anything about this situation with Hart, with um, possibly Hart and um, Mitchell Robinson on um, being um um traded for DeAndre Ayton? Did you hear about that?
1: I did not hear about that. Where are you getting this rumor from?
6: Oh yeah, no. no I heard yeah, about yeah,
1: Divincenzo yeah. from the Warriors being, uh, I guess he declined his option, and he might be a guy that the Knicks would target. I did not hear about this trade that you're talking about.
6: Yes, okay. So you know that they extended the um, contract talks on 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 Hart on this past weekend. That was that. I think that's to, to this coming Thursday, right? And there's rumor o- on it now. You know, I follow. I don't want to put it out there, but I will follow a prominent Nick podcast. Station and you know even people Nick fans that I know on the West Coast have called me and, and told me, oh do you hear what's going on? That um that there's a possibility of Hart being moved with on um, Mitchell Robinson for for DeAndre Ayton. And I'm telling
1: you right now, Sal. Oh, no, I've just Googled uh, we'll it now. Different. So Colin Coward floated that out? I mean, come on. He's making crap No, that's up. not who I follow,
6: though. That's not who I follow. Well, so, I
1: mean, no, but maybe that's where they got it from. I just Googled it. The first thing that comes up is Colin Coward says that this NBA blockbuster trade could save the Suns and Knicks. So, of course, he's probably making this stuff up. Oh, uh, that I don't know. I
6: couldn't tell you. But why, let me ask you a question. Why do you? So this is I, this I can't. Is I point. can't take that seriously. Okay, but let me ask you this then. From a Knicks perspective, why did they extend the um, contract talks from Sunday to Thursday? What difference would that
1: have made? I mean, it gives them a few extra days. For what? Uh, man. Man, what maybe they got what, to figure what, something out. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the inner workings of it. I'd love to hear from Leon Rose at some point, but that's probably not going to happen over the next century. So who knows? I mean, I don't, look, Josh Hart's going to be back. They want him back. He wants to be back. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. You know, and, 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 again, I think they need to do better than Josh Hart. I like them. They got to get a better uh, shooter than Hart.
6: Well, that's what they need. Like, I'm, Sal, I'm going to say this, and I know you got other quotes. Right? I'm going to say two things real quick. Mm-hmm. Number one, I agree with you. We discussed this before. Let's just run it back. Let's see what these guys are. You know, they're starting to get their feet wet. Let's run it back. But you know what? If there's no move out there, it's better to do nothing than to make a move that we're going to regret later. And once again, from the bottom of my heart, my man, congratulations. I hear you and see you soon, all
1: right? You're the man, Ben. Thank you very much for listening and for calling. I I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Now, with the Knicks, I'm not forcing a a move here. They don't need to go out there and make a big blockbuster move. And Leon Rose has been disciplined. He's not going to go make a stupid move. He may not make the right move all the time. He's not going to make a stupid mistake by chasing. He's shown great discipline. That's important. Who is that guy? Where is that trade coming from? We'll, we'll see. But I, the, the trade that you heard about, that's not happening at all. Al is calling from Atlantic City. What's up,
7: Al? Yeah. so if I got in late, I'll make this fast. Before I get to my management point, what you said last time I called about Mark Thunberg, they were wearing his name spelled backwards. You said they should do that with Vogel
1: back. That was hilarious. And that may work. I don't remember this. Who, who was wearing the name backwards? Bob Fronberg. He used to wear shirts with his oh, name. Oh, yeah, 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 right. And now I do remember you saying that, yeah. And my managerial point is
7: didn't Billy Joel have a song? I, I may be right. Uh, yeah, you may we didn't start right. the fire. I, I may be crazy. It oh. may be a, lo- a lunatic you're looking for. I think I have the lunatic that could shake up the Mets. Who's that? And, and, and uh, uh, this, you get a laugh. But they're not playing for Showalter. This guy's crazy, but he's he's, he's going to get them fired up. Wally Backman.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I'd be lying to you, Alan. Thank you for the call if I said I didn't think of that. I've always thought Wally Backman would be a great manager and a guy who would get the most out of his players. However, I mean, you can't compare him to Buck Showalter, and it's never going to happen. This is not on Buck Showalter. Matter of fact, Francisco andor was taken aback by it when asked about it. I think it was Andy Martino of SNY who asked him about it yesterday and was saying something like, oh, do you know that there are some people that are calling for Buck's job? And he's like, what? Buck has not lost his clubhouse at all. He's still the leader. Look, as I said earlier in the show, of all the people involved with the Mets and the Mets' mess or whatever you want to deem it, Buck Showalter is the known commodity. I know he's a good manager. I don't know if Billy Epler is a good general manager. The jury is still out on that. I know what Buck is. And people say he acts like the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, you know why? Because he is. Junior's calling from the Bronx, Junior. Junior.
8: Yeah, how you doing, uh, Sal? Big fan. Uh, uh, just want to let you know, great American story. Used to list, listen to Mike and a Mad Dog as a kid. And uh, don't uh, congratulations, ten o'clock slot. But that that seat ain't going to be too warm because you're going to make it the inevitable ascension to drive time. Oh. And you, you truly deserve uh, well, it. Well,
1: so. look, I appreciate. I'm just happy to have all job number one, and happy to be moving off the overnights into a day part number two. But but I appreciate the kind words.
8: Well, you're gonna always have a job. There's always. Oh, ah, that's not up true. Well, no, that is true. Yeah. No,
1: if something ever doesn't work out here, I'm gonna go work with uh, Stephen Howard Beach at Natural Body, which I've done before.
8: Well, you got the kid. You got the kid now, so the demands are gonna be there. That but is so true. Let me tell I you, like
1: stocking uh, shelves. That's always been a fun thing for me.
8: <laughs> let me tell you, you're gonna be stocking the deposit ticket soon, bro. All right, let me tell you something. Um, th- th- this is the fix for the Mets. Uh, at the deadline, there's going to be playoff teams desperate. It, it, you know, you may be able to unload both contracts of Verlander and uh, Scherzer. You're going to get back something if you eat some money. You may have two two studs coming out of there that'll tickle a Mets for the future. Next year, it, you got Diaz coming back. Then you spend 75 million. That's five, fifteen million dollar a year relievers. Three out of the five. Are going to be healthy or pitch good. Then next, you turn your attention to Otani, see if you can yeah. get him. If you get him, you got one ace. If you don't get him, it doesn't matter. Here's the free agent list: Aaron Nola, Julio Urias from the Dodgers, Giolata from the Sox, Blake Snell, Severino, Syndergaard, Maley out of Minnesota. Yeah, they George need Westonbury, they Douglas need a couple
1: of the, they need a couple of the top pitchers. And thanks for the call, Junior. H- here's the thing. It's still June... What the hell day is it? June 28th. I I can't focus in too much detail on next year. I understand that this year is done. As far as the World Series aspirations, I, I can't be thinking about the fix for next year. And the Mets are going to be in trouble because the way that their roster is... No, hard to see You know, Shurs is going to be here. Verlander is going to be here. Before we start thinking about next year, can we get through the trade deadline this year and let's see what they do as far as selling some pieces? We'll have a more clear picture on what their team is going to look like after the deadline. All right, that does it for us. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. Appreciate each and every one of you. As always, thanks to Alex's arm helping us out along the way. Be back again later on tonight following the Yankees post-game show after their game with the A's. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry's next. See you then.
0: Sports Radio 101.9 FM. FM. New York.
4: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.